My name's Robin. I'm a host of a radio show called Ink Studs out of Vancouver. It's also online. Um, I'm here away from Vancouver. Today's panel is called Comics and Social Media. Uh, here, I'll read out the blurb so I remember what I'm talking about. Um, is comics a solitary pursuit in creation and enjoyment, or can there be community sharing support and all of the headaches that come with it? And what happens when it comes time to get away from it all? Join creators James Sturm, Ray Fox, Rich Stevens, Kate Beaton, and Jeff Rowland. Hi, guys. Um, to hear what they have to say about using social media and, I guess in James's case, shutting it all off. Um, did you know? <laughs> did you predict the order? Or did yeah. you think, Is it written in that I think order? No, I actually sat down. No? Okay. I said what order you guys were in. Oh, okay. Because <laughs> <laughs> that's James. You're rich, right? Yeah. <laughs> that was quietly blowing my mind. Yeah, I know. I was like, maybe you have made a case for no internet with ESP. Yeah. I thought that maybe it's like Final Destination and that's the order that we're going to die in. <laughs> <laughs> oh, no, I you're going to see my... About that. <laughs> you're going to see my dead, bloated corpse. <coughs> Finally. Well, uh, on that note, <laughs> that I guess... Note. Uh, okay. It's a kind of, I guess, a conceptual idea panel, comics and social media. Um, the big thing that stuck out to me is the idea of community and what community means um, in context for the majority of you guys that, I guess, means the internet, am I, if I'm wrong, something's wrong with me. The Twitter. The, the, the Twitter, the Twitter and the, the Facebooks. Facebooks. Well, no, the Twitter is plural, the Twitters. The, the tweets? Yeah, the Twitters and then Facebooks. It's more than one book? My school. You just have to ignore whatever Rich says. There's a lot of... Yeah, I, don't know, I don't know Rich, so I'm getting to know him. There's a lot um, of non-canonical Facebooks. And I guess in J James and with you, uh, that's not a factor right now. Um, maybe... Are you guys familiar with James doing right now? Well, I, I can I'll talk yeah, briefly quick. about it. <laughs> <laughs> First of all, um, you know, I, I love the internet. The horse I rode in on. I, I had, uh, helped uh, start a college, the Center for Cartoon Studies. Impossible to happen uh, without uh, being online all the time <laughs> for many years. Uh, I think what happened for me personally is uh, I, I, I just developed an unhealthy relationship with uh, with my love, and we decided to have like a four month hiatus. Uh, you know, seeing a lot of other people. Uh, I'm not seeing anybody <laughs> else right now except my cell phone. And uh, I, I, th I think what was happening to me uh, was I, I felt I couldn't um, reconcile making the type of work that I wanted to make uh, with the kind of addictive behavior I was exhibiting with the computer and internet. And uh, I, I didn't quite know how to integrate that back into my life. Uh, or, or I was abusing it, so I thought taking four months off would give me a chance just to step back from it after um, you know, um, seven years of like intense uh, networking and you know building an institution, uh, and uh, so that's what I'm doing for four months. And in a way, um, the experiment's somewhat of a failure, <laughs> to be honest with you, because uh, you know I, I thought, well, it will feel like to be cut off. But I have a new book come out, so I'm not really cut off. I have a publicist getting me, you know, interviews and people calling me for podcasts and things like that. I have a platform like Slate, which is reaching a lot of people. If you know, I, I wrote my uh, 
address that people can write me. So instead of having a virtual inbox, I've gotten well over 100 letters in three weeks of handwritten notes. So I, I don't really feel all that cut off. So I, I think really I'll, I might have to do this again when I'm not blogging about it. And, uh, but how do you know what the weather's like if you don't have the internet? <laughs> yeah, well, that's why I'm so underdressed for Toronto. <laughs> what if it's worse when you come back? Um, well, what I'm, if it I'm kills little, you? I'm, I'm actually, it's funny because uh, I, I had the privilege of going to the McDowell Colony uh, for three weeks. It's an artist colony in New Hampshire. And, uh, and they, you, know, you have your own studio. You you're don't have the internet in your studio. You have access to it at the lodge. And they bring you a lunch every day. And I thought, oh, this is going to be such a weird adjustment because I'm used to having children, you know, dealing with kids and students and board members and all that stuff. And uh, boy, I got to that the first day. I was like inking my panel and I was just in there like 100%. And the hard part was going back to the normal life and uh, feeling the gears grinding. So I am a little, I'm very trepidatious about that, that going sounds back. Like, it sounds like someone coming out of prison. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, so like not being in internet in prison is what you're saying? Yeah, and then or? having to come out to the oh. regular world and then I, you just I, want to go back to prison so I, you can I, get I a crime. reverse those two similarities. <laughs> That's funny. Like I feel like being free from the internet in a way, I feel like I have my old life back. Uh, and uh, I feel more empathetic and a little more grounded and... Uh, so, I don't know. It's like not. Each his own. What if the inmates are not being kept in prison? What if we're being kept out? <laughs> <laughs> and we were dead the whole time. Ah. I don't know where to go with this metaphor. <laughs> <laughs> Sounds interesting. Um, for you guys, the, the rest of you, what has the web meant as far as you're getting into comics um, and developing community? Like, I know Kate. Everything. Yeah. That just yeah. kind of <laughs> it just well, sucked you right in, didn't it? Maybe. Um, pardon me. No, I was live never journal. live journal. No, I had a website and a live journal at the same time since oh. I began. But my website used to be really bad, so no one ever went there. Um, and then I, I I fixed it up last year. Uh, yeah, it's it's been everything for me. Uh, without it, I I wouldn't I wouldn't be here right now. It just. Uh, uh, I got started because friends of mine told me to to put my cartoons up on the web, and I wasn't really expecting that much, but it got passed around a lot until until I had a very large audience, kind of quickly and unexpectedly, and uh, was able to make a, a career out of it, which which uh, is extremely nice. And I I don't think I would have had um, I don't think I would have had the uh, the balls <laughs> to. Uh, to, to go at it in in print or or, or by myself, I just people stumbled upon mine. So that's uh, um, I owe, I owed that to the internet. But I can understand definitely having too much of of, of that every day and, and feeling kind of uh, um, addicted to it. I guess is what you were, you were saying. It's just sort of taking away from your from your regular life. I'm curious for you guys. Um, how many of you, in your own getting into comics, was it strictly internet? Did you read print comics, web comics, and in creating comics, did you go to school at all for any kind of art stuff? Um, I kind of uh, this is actually this is going to sound 
I think, a little embarrassing for me, but I predate the internet as far as creating comics goes. Cheer um, <laughs> 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 back old man in the Some, Somebody likes me. I photocopied things, too, but thank yeah. God there's an internet. Yeah, well, this is the thing. I, the internet... Uh, I think I think I'm on this panel. As I think I was just saying I'm the moderate coward. Um, I love what happened to comics because of the internet, as far as uh, the explosion of creativity. Because um, creators like Kate and like Rich just put their stuff there, and there's a giant audience for it. That I, I personally have encountered a vast number of editors who I think would have shot them down immediately if they had attempted to be published through... Oh, yeah. uh, and rightly so. Uh, <laughs> uh, the way they shot me down. Um, but uh, um, at the same time, I'm vaguely horrified by the internet because I didn't, I didn't start there. Um, Did you see that guy? <laughs> <laughs> what was the gesture? No, this guy. I'm vaguely horrified by the sort of um, the system of communication, the way it's different than what I'm used to and, and the way there is no real uh, setting, there's no real etiquette for the net as far as I'm concerned. So I have a problem where I want to post stuff and I do and I love it and I post a whole bunch of stuff and then people start replying to it and then I leave for a couple days because I can't take it. Um, so I think it takes a certain kind of person to be really successful on the internet. I think it takes a person who is very comfortable with the system of communication person who's comfortable agree. with seeing distended anuses. Yes. Also. Uh. <laughs> well, I don't know about that. Maybe I should preface and just state that... We're internet some, people. Yeah, maybe some good talk. <laughs> That's not a sim? Throwing that out there. <laughs> uh, no, I, I agree what with that. I'll let them say themselves, because I know Kate, I know Richards, and I know... James. Sure. Oh, yeah, I just oh, like to add yeah, before that that I, I agree with you that it does take a certain type of person to be successful on the internet because there is that that extended communication mm -hmm. that you kind of have to have with your audience and in print, um, the the barrier between a creator and their readers is is pretty far. Mm -hmm. They don't they can work in their basement all the time and there's that image of the the cartoonist as this like a, a Seth like character who's who's always in the basement as he always describes himself working uh, you know by himself and not and not having to, to really interact with the people that read his comics. Um, but on the web, it's totally different because they'll find your email and they'll, they will comment on your website. They'll, they, you know, they, there's this, this total access to the creator that, that is almost, um, they feel like almost they, they deserve that and that's, that's part of the deal. And they're entitled. Some, yeah. What's well, that? They're entitled to email. Yeah, they, like they're entitled to email. every time you make a typo. <laughs> well, Excuse me! Like, <laughs> watching you grow so fast has been the first good case for a filter or a barrier that I've ever seen, like in my oh, yeah? personal experience. How so? Just I don't like the way people treat you. <laughs> 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 you know? It's, uh, it's... I'm a woman. Yeah, let's do it. <laughs> so, whatever it is, it's creepy. You want me to start? Yeah, yeah no, no, let's go, go ahead. Um, okay, so I am Jeffrey Rowland. I am... I started making comics online in 2000. No, you're before me. I yeah. was 2000. Okay, so I actually started in 99. Yeah. yeah. And um, I don't I'm, think I had a computer then. Yeah, they, just, they were just invented. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I wanted to be syndicated, but then I was like, because uh, using Dilbert as a model, thinking that, okay, if this guy can make a bunch of money from this, then he certainly has I can. Yeah, he does. Yeah, Dilberitos. Yeah. Oh, cool. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so I put my comics on GeoCities. 
99. And um, let's see, then 9-11 happened and changed everything. <laughs> not here, not in Canada. But, uh, oh, yeah, not in Canada. Uh, no, we now have to use passports to get in the States. Yes, so I can just quickly say that like the, using the Internet thing changed my life because like the reason I moved to Massachusetts, because I lived in Oklahoma, which is horrible, and <laughs> I moved to Massachusetts because my friend Rich here, um, who I met over the internet, and we both made comics, uh, lived in this little, like, this old factory building in East Hampton, and I was like, this has got to be better than Oklahoma, so... Yeah, even in my closet, you were better off. I lived in this closet for like two months. Yeah. Yeah. But it's a really big closet. <laughs> but the only reason I wanted to Massachusetts was because that's where the Ninja Turtles are from. Right. No, no. And all that money in the 90s when I was in high school funded a museum. Yeah. So uh, print comics pulled me there, and then the internet pulled you there. Yeah. And now like half of the internet. They back. still live there. Um, yeah. He's saw still the other day. Yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. Anyway, <laughs> um, do you guys, Kate, introduce sure. yourself quick? Yeah. <laughs> well, when I went to no, I uh, my name's Kate Beaton. I make a comic uh, called Hark a Vagrant. It's mostly historical type humor, um, and it's on the internet. Oh. Hi, I'm Rich. I draw Diesel Sweeties, and I <coughs> was brief. I do. It's a web comic, but I was briefly in newspapers, which was probably the biggest mistake I ever made. <laughs> Uh, I'm Ray. I do actually mostly traditional books now. In 1999, <coughs> I attempted a dramatic online strip called The Talkers, and it went nowhere. I think it had about 20 readers, uh, and I learned a few lessons from that. Um, my name is Jane Sturm, and uh, I do, I guess, what they call graphic novels now. And uh, I, I, I should probably say, if I was coming of age right now as a cartoonist, there's no doubt that I would be having a webcomic and cutting my teeth in that forum. When I went to the University of Wisconsin way back when, I had a daily comic strip. And uh, I think that, that sense of community that, that um, a lot of you seem to find on the internet, which um, I think is just vital for a creator's, uh, to sustain a creator's uh, trajectory and, and keep at it, is, is incredible. And uh, I, before there was the internet, I helped start uh, The Onion and uh, The Stranger out in Seattle. And I, I love being in that, uh, I never liked the basement studio, <laughs> but I, I like that uh, hermetically sealed space to create work, but I also felt a, a real need to be part of a more vital community, and you know, I found that in the newspapers and now uh, you know, in, the, in the real community of White River Junction, Vermont. And I, I think the, the feedback, that we, I, I guess I won't talk to Seth for Seth, but for myself at least, um, I think we really like that feedback. I, I think maybe not at the barrage or the pace that, you know, one feels they have to make that contact mm. with their reader. Because uh, I feel if, if I was kind of getting that, or getting that every day on every line that I wrote, uh, it would just affect the way I thought about my work and how I would approach my work. And I'd start maybe reacting more than reflecting. And uh, so. No, that's totally true. I, I agree with that. Um, I mean, when you're a web creator, the comments come in from all sides. They, they come in in your emails, uh, <coughs> underneath posts, on your Twitter, people trying to talk to you on Facebook, people just trying to find you anywhere and talk to you. And, uh, seeping in. <laughs> seeping in. Yeah. I, I, Standing I'm outside your bedroom <laughs> with a boombox. Do you feel your obligation to your readership will um, no, you don't, you're not, not diminish, it, but, but as you go forward, or do you feel it's No, it takes you a while to realize that, that you're not that obliged to them, that, that you don't actually owe people anything really for giving them a free comic that they read um, 
uh, and I don't mean that in in like uh, disparaging terms for the audience, but when say say you you first start a comic online and you get all these comments, you feel you do feel really obliged to take heed to everything because people are talking to you and and you've never had that before there uh, this this intense communication from readers and um, and uh, being affected by all the negative things and uh, and creeped out. <laughs> well, you kind of you kind of missed the whole like message boards thing because like in the early two mm. thousands, like everybody had a huge message board and um, yeah. Um, yeah, we had like communities kind of built around. I actually ended up uh, riding around uh, Adelaide, Australia, with one of the creators of the Wire because of my message board. Oh. Yeah, <laughs> that's <laughs> they, right. <laughs> um, two of my readers got married actually because they met on the message boards like back in the day and they paid for me to come to their wedding and I didn't know at the time that like the girl's dad was Ed Burns the co-creator of The Wire that's and he was how, telling me about how they could afford to fly in Australia yeah. <laughs> and I didn't know I didn't know about it at the time so we're sitting in, like in the back of this rental car and he says yeah we're working on this show called The Wire it's like oh that's great I make this comic <laughs> How do you balance yourself? Like you touched on a little bit, Kate. Is how how do you kind of remove yourself from that too? Because I mean, you guys, uh, majority of you guys are very active online. Mm -hmm. You know, constantly promoting your stuff in different formats: Twitter, Black Journal, sure. Zanga, 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 Bebo. I use Flues. <laughs> um, Vibe. But how how do you kind of remove yourself from the internet? Does it ever kind of get overwhelming or are you able to keep a part of your life personally? Uh, or do you care to? I could say that like, I mean, I draw my comics on paper um, because that's pretty much the only time of the day that I'm not looking at a screen. Do you refresh the paper a lot? I try to sometimes. <laughs> I like mess up a line, I'm like, control Z, why doesn't this work? Do you ever like open the Bible and hit Apple F? <laughs> I try to. Figure out where God made the earth. I looked at a phone book the other day, I was like, what is the point of this thing? <laughs> I, uh, um, distinguishing yourself, I think that there comes a point for everybody where they do get overwhelmed, and then after that, you just sort of deal with it. Uh, you, you learn what to ignore and what to take in, because there's a lot of positive things and a lot of great things about about the uh, communication that you get all the time but uh, but you have to put your work first and not you know uh, not let it be all about that and not everybody who does a webcomic is that visible I mean the three of us are, are fairly visible people um, when it comes to our work we have the the Twitter accounts and all that stuff but uh, you find someone like uh, Chris Homestead who does Akewood and and no one even saw a picture of that guy until like two years ago or something, <laughs> and yeah. uh, and and no one really knows anything about his life because he's not he doesn't put it out there, and he has a very successful comic online. What do you, you want to know? <laughs> 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 I give you the folder. But I mean, it's it's possible to keep it very private if you if you choose to. Uh, I think that a lot of people who start web comics for one thing are very young, and uh, and a bit naive about about everything so they don't they don't choose to keep it very separate they're very excited that people are reading what they have to put out there and they want to talk to everyone and uh, you know five years down the road they're like second this shit <laughs> 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 everyone knows everything about me mm. yeah maybe it's impossible for me to get away from it I mean yeah. because this is like yeah. as away from the internet as I get right here I, I guess I lucked out and I never used my first name so nobody knows what to call me by and mm. 
So you combine that with just you know using Twitter only to tell jokes, and you can be online all the time and be very private. Yeah. Uh, I ignore just about everything. <laughs> <laughs> I, I have a, a sort of philosophy that if I'm going to um, if I'm going to accept and take in to myself the compliments that people pay me, then I have to accept and take into myself the nasty things people say. So uh, I. I, I pretty much don't really take a look at anything that isn't personally addressed to me from someone I know. James. Aww. Yes. <laughs> uh, I, I know. Interesting for me is I'm finding out more about you because you're off the internet. But he's not. Yeah, you're right. I'm not. <laughs> I didn't know there anything about you at all until I read all those articles. Yeah. Which is no, it's fair. Yeah. I, I read all your work. <laughs> <laughs> well, I, I, I will say that um, a lot of my experience reading web comics or, or seeing, you know, I said I work with a lot of young cartoonists or uh, people applying to school or, or even tooling around. There's so many people that the, the social aspect of, of um, web comics and putting stuff out there is, is more important than the work itself. And I would say at least the large majority that I of, of the web comics I look at, boy, these people would benefit from just un. un not maybe unplugging their computer, but just working on their craft for a while and then putting up something, I think that would probably increase one's social network uh, as opposed to thinking like there's you know the right kind of web party to be at and that will get you readers uh, in the kind of cart being in front of a horse more often than not. Well, I'm curious um, how, within your own work, um, has the internet like affected your growth as an artist? Like. Have you been able to kind of learn from other folks, get feedback, critiques? I know you avoid, but I do actually. Um, I I pay close attention to the work of artists I admire, and I appreciate it very much when they post things like works in progress mm -hmm. and oh such. Yeah. Right? Um, I think that's a great learning experience. I think that's a lot where the strength of the internet is: is this sort of uh, global window you can look in on anybody who wants to show you something. And it can be a great, right? Um, it used to be really expensive to get to see, too. Yeah, yeah. Like, you know, it's if I want to see... Uh, there's, a, there's a thing lately where a lot of painters I really like are posting their works in progress, and that actually used to be impossible to see. It, it, it wasn't even that you would have to go to a far-flung gallery. It was that you would have to get to know the artist and be allowed into their studio, right? So that sort of thing, um, yeah, definitely. I definitely have learned a lot on the Internet, and I appreciate what I can see there. Any of you guys want to be really honest, the main thing I, I use the internet for with work and writing, I mean, I write, I take walks and write, you know, or yeah. write in the shower. Like, you just let your brain go and do it. But I really love using the internet to make sure nobody's used the joke before. Or, like, to, I, call oh, yeah. it beating, <laughs> I call it beating, beating Google. You know, like, if I can do a three or four word phrase, which is not too weird, and nobody else has done it, it kind of feels good. Like, you feel good posting that comment, you know? I always buy the domain names. I have a problem with buying domain names. <laughs> I have like I have like know 40. the domain names that have been bought. <laughs> but I have awesomeninja.com is my favorite but one. For, for, no. And mm -hmm. buttermyhole.com is a pretty good one. <laughs> and, and how, they just how redirect to other people's <laughs> Yeah. Owning these domain names helped you as a they all as like, an artist. They mm -hmm. all kind of um, they forward to like either the store topatico.com or my mm -hmm. comics or um, you just like write them in a bathroom stall. I, I think that there's two ways people go about um, the the Grassroots. online comic thing, and, and you, James, were talking about people who 
put their comics up and, and don't work on their craft as much but are interested in the community. And I see that a lot. I get a lot of emails from people that are like, how do I get involved in the webcomics community, which is not a very good question because... Uh, <laughs> luckily, <laughs> luckily, that's kind of a, a path to failure. Yeah, exactly. But that's exactly it, right? You see, there's so many... There's so much content online and uh, and the people who rise above are the people who actually care about their craft. So so that you yeah. see that a lot, but in the end those those comics go kind of nowhere because they're not they're not good. They're not working on it, they're not getting better, their jokes are bad and their art <coughs> is bad and they're interested in uh, well, in being part of this because they, they see a lot of people see, you know, creators like us we're friends because we've gotten to know each other and they, they kinda want in on that and it's like it's a formal organization. Yeah, as if yeah. it was. But, but that uh, wasn't our goal. Like that no. this was what's never our goal. What's mm-hmm. funny with that is that that attitude is very similar to the how many comics do I post on my site before <coughs> I can make? How many T-shirts do you think I should order? Yeah, yeah, you know, and, and, then, and, and I'll, this will be my job too. It's like they make the mm-hmm. those kind of the people who overuse the internet. I think make the comic as a vehicle for their own ego, as opposed to Sometimes, people who just have yeah. to make yeah. a comic. But then I wonder if it was the same with zine culture when that was a big deal. That was you know I was never yeah. involved in that. But every, yeah, everybody, you know, being like, you well, know, oh, I'm going to be in the zine culture to make a zine, but it was no good. But it's they couldn't Twitter every single step of yeah, the process. Well, Found a staple. I, I also think, too, <laughs> the, the, the type of intent as a, as a cartoonist, I, I think what uh, some of your work, it harkens back to, like, 100 years ago comics of mm-hmm. doing, or, or doing, being a daily uh, comic strip where you're, you are reacting to the world immediately mm-hmm. and you're, you're, it's much mm-hmm. more comedic and humorous and uh, it's, it's more ephemeral. That's the goal, like, like yeah. a newspaper, and uh, and I think that, that the internet is maybe you know even a more well suited medium for that type of work, and uh, and for myself who's doing more like these long form pieces where I'm doing draft after draft, it, it's not the right place to to figure to to, to work because it, mm-hmm. it affects a little bit uh, differently. So you know, it's, um, you know we, we're coming at that you, you know our intent as creators are so different, no, no better or worse, of course, but. Uh, no, and I think that really affects the relationship with the internet as well. well. Actually, I think that I think the net is built for punchlines, and uh, it's funny because I think about 15 years ago, um, a lot of people I knew were complaining that comics weren't very funny, um, and now there's this perfect medium for really funny comics um, because a lot of people who read stuff online, a lot of people seem to be looking for something that's that's quick and amusing that they can mm-hmm. pass to their friends. You can you can almost make it in real time. <laughs> which is the, the cool part yeah well I've done both kind of, I, I did a um, I'm doing I'm still doing like an ongoing like story comic called Wigu and um, it's been going on since 2002 mm-hmm. but I realized in 2004 that um, <clears throat> there's only a certain number of people you're going to get like if you have a humongous backstory involved in like getting up with the getting current with the story so that's when I started like doing a daily gag comic called Overcompensating which um, was kind of to keep people's attention because everyone on the internet has like, the attention span of like a flea. Mm-hmm. I find that Google also is punctuated by dramatic punchlines. Like it's like you've got the same timing, right? <laughs> Except it's just dramatic and it has a backstory. Yeah, it's kind of like, you know, over like a three month period. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> How does that affect you as a storyteller having an expectation of having to have something uh, more frequency like? I don't, for, for James, like you take quite a bit of time with your work, um, so you don't have the expectation for you guys. Like people, are like okay, it's been a week. I need a new comic. A week? Oh yeah, <laughs> <laughs> I gotta go. Um, <laughs> no way, man! Every day. Yeah, yeah. 
day. Try every day. Yeah, it's... Uh, I didn't understand the question. <laughs> <Sorry>. <laughs> <laughs> well, the, the, how does people's expectations affect your own work? Like people wanting stuff sooner, immediacy, right away. Give me comic, give me comic. Oh, comic. sure. Uh, that, that entitlement. You, to, yeah. <laughs> you have to build up a callus to get yeah. all caps email. Well, I'm not, I'm not thinking of necessarily the entitlement part, but as a creator... When you, you are like doing these smaller pieces, mm-hmm. are you able to flush out bigger ideas too? That might even be important to some people. I mean, I mean, was that important to yeah, Dilbert Creator or, or, or Squiggly? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, there's certainly bigger themes and some of the better comic strips. But, but you know, if you're yeah, if, but if you're doing small things every day, like it's almost a meditation. Your bigger mm-hmm. themes are going to get hashed out if you're honest and you're not just you know jerking around at parties trying to become Kate's friend. You know, like if you do your own work, the big stuff will bubble up. Yeah. <laughs> is that, does that make, does that make <laughs> sense? It does make sense. Yeah. You know, like, you know, yeah. Charles Schultz was depressed, and look yeah. at that. Yeah. Yeah. He made a life of it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you your work as, you know, as a professional, and you're, you're honest with it, and yeah, of course. Yeah. Yeah. It's mm. like your ongoing fear and love affair with robots. Yeah. <laughs> well, I'm hoping that maybe if we put enough work on the internet and tweet enough, people will be able to, you know, retroactively psychoanalyze us. Yeah. You know, <laughs> just well, by analyzing I, the data. Uh, right. I'd right. much rather read your comics about um, robots than, than <laughs> if, if you decided to do a meaningful story about this and that and the well, other thing, because it wouldn't would bring us true. Well, I was going to do one where every, you know, everything was a, a giant religious quest. <laughs> Rich draws really well, though. You guys are missing out. Like, you don't draw enough on paper. I think. I'm holding that out. <laughs> yeah. Um, I think that we're talking about two uh, balancing two different things here. I guess maybe if you if you wanted to do serious and and heartfelt work and felt needed that you sorry that felt that you needed to make jokes. Is that what you're talking about? Well, I'm like, just wondering <coughs> because like. Is it, is because it, it is hard. It you? is hard to, to, to juggle those different things. Uh, people are used to seeing jokes from you all the time, and you're like, "All right, guys, let's get real." Yeah. Uh, <laughs> and you make a serious comic, and they're like, <laughs> "But hopefully, those things aren't mutually exclusive either." No, no. Some yeah. people can carry it off very well. Some people can't. There, there are a few comics that I read that, that every now and then are like, "Now let's get dramatic, you guys." And <laughs> And <laughs> and then and then you go well you can't really do that as well as you can jokes so well, maybe you should because you set up an expectation and then you almost yeah, betray definitely. people you know yeah a bit a yeah bit. It's like but then some people are extremely talented and can juggle all different types of storytelling so. but that, that was almost a trope in the early two thousands where people would make a gag strip we all work at this internet company and then suddenly there was this evil quest that had to happen and the entire thing would change remember yeah. that like, oh. like it was like a disease yeah yeah. yeah. But like, I think actually very serious statements do come through. It, like in all seriousness, in a lot of the humor strips, they just um, they're just delivered humorously, and they don't have to be long form. I think one of the most serious things that I've seen lately in any humor strip is actually uh, occasionally, Kay, when you comment on being a woman creator and, oh. how, and how people <laughs> respond. Yeah, yeah um, that gets a different. Those response. hurt, man. Those yeah. <laughs> Why aren't, you, why aren't you making me a sandwich? Why <laughs> yeah. If I, those shoes? if I make comments about that, I'll get a lot of a lot of thank yous from women because they work in male-dominated fields as well. And then from men, they're like, you always whine about this. <laughs> you know, why are you always nagging? <laughs> <laughs> but that is, that is a serious, that is a sort of a serious statement and, and a kind of overarching theme that appears in your work, but it isn't, it isn't like, you're not writing a, a 
40 pairs. No, no, I just comment on it sometimes yeah. because, yeah, it is a it is a big deal. It's not like you're Kathy Geisweiler or something. No. <laughs> that, that, that <laughs> <almost> <laughs> <laughs> She's done so much for it. <laughs> that, that almost goes back to when you were working in, in the oil fields there. Yeah, yeah. I felt like you were, you were like talking to us because all, otherwise you were just surrounded by these working men with mustaches. Yeah, it's, yeah, yeah. I worked, I worked in a... Um, the Alberta oil sands for two years and, and there was a lot of, you know, there was 50 men for every woman and it was pretty intense. So that, that helps me kind of deal with the, with the internet things because there would be, there would be, you know, some big dude being like, hey, what are you doing later on? And like really close up. And, and then you get an email. You. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You get an email from someone who thinks they're being intimidating, but you're just like, I dealt with this already. I looked up this guy's <laughs> nose. <laughs> mm-hmm. There was a man with a pickaxe oh, hitting on me earlier. This uh, <laughs> sticks and stones. It has, with the internet being used within comics so substantially now, has it created more of an egalitarian community? No. What do you mean? What does that word mean? Wouldn't you like to know? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> egalitarian. Like, you have more opportunities for men and women. Oh, definitely. Um, they, there used to be a lot of, of women in comics panels at these sorts of things. They don't have them anymore. It's really annoying. Uh, they, I, I've never felt hindered because of my sex on the internet at all uh, in, in terms of, you know, good work is good work and it stands out. People don't read my comments because of my gender. They don't not read them because of it. It's, uh, you know... Um, People read my comments because of my gender. Yeah? Yeah. I know I do. Well, you're an entitled male. <laughs> <laughs> I'm Caucasian? Uh, no, I've male had to... American. I've had this conversation with, with other uh, uh, lady comic <coughs> creators and, and yeah, it's it's... It's just good work. That's that's what gets passed around. I don't actually think it's uh, it's more egalitarian than before. I just think um, we're seeing a shuffle in what's considered elite. Mm-hmm. Right. I, I just think that okay. <coughs> previously what was elite was the people who had the right stuff or the right uh, maybe physicality or whatever to get past uh, editorial. Now I think uh, the elite has more to do with people who can appeal to the most people online. Yeah, or, or appeal not, to slices. Not, yeah, yeah, slices. Not necessarily. Most or maybe people. appeal to the most. The appealing to the most people online, online is, you know, mm-hmm. some of the some of the worst comics. Yeah. <laughs> well, your audience is your editor now. In a sense, your audience and your own sense of crippling guilt. Yeah. <laughs> well, I mean, if you're doing good comics, you're going to have more a bigger audience, and if you're doing crappy comics online, then you're not going to have a good audience. Well, like, well, sometimes though, if you do crappy comics, you're going to have a bigger audience. Draw like yeah, dragons yeah. having sex with cars. You'll have a really big audience. But I, I definitely, like, I guess the reason... It's true. <laughs> look it up. Don't look it up. I, you know, I mean, I guess things to consider is, you know, is it more egalitarian? Uh, maybe it's more egalitarian for people with constant access to computers. Mm. Maybe it's more organic. Yeah. Like, there's less be there's less gatekeepers, maybe? Yeah. 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 And the gatekeepers uh, have no training or qualifications? Are there gatekeepers? <laughs> yeah. yeah. It's like the, just the, the meta mind, you know, like the groups. Well, there's Cory yeah, Doctorow and... <laughs> no. uh, yeah, every now and then you kind of really wish that you had an editor, though. Looking back on the older work, <coughs> that, that's something I wonder about because I mean, when you do comics online for so long, I'm sure your GeoCities site's probably gone, isn't it? Um, yeah, it's gone. I'm sorry. Um, no, good riddance. <laughs> How, do you keep up old work? Does do you kind of want to be like, okay, that was old me, that's done. No, it's I mean, there. It never goes away. You can't take it down. It shames Google, you. Google already did it. Yeah. Yeah, they did. Google won't let you take it no, down. No, Yahoo. 
jerks. Also, someone will save it. You know, mm -hmm. I delete an old comic or an old thing, and then like. I have some somewhere. convention sketch you did for somebody ten years ago. You know, like when you're hungover and they post <laughs> it on their blog, and you're just like, oh my god. Someone, <laughs> someone yesterday was describing a comic that I drew in like in 2000, and they were like, oh yeah, yeah, this guy saying this, and I was like, oh god. What did it mean? What, why did I do that? It's <laughs> like, I'm so sorry that you had to see that. Uh, I think it's a, it's a good thing, though. I mean, one of the, one of the most recognizable patterns in people doing webcomics is you get to see their progression from being not very good at art and writing. And well, good enough. Uh, good, good enough. Yeah, exactly. Uh, compared to what they are now. Yeah. And into very professional work. And, uh, and that's got to be an inspiration for anybody. And it was for me. I looked, I looked through... Uh, several comics from the beginning to the end and you see people get better and that lets you know in a way you know I can do this I can get better and, and um, all it takes is, is constant work um, James I'm curious how CCS the cartooning school um, uses the internet well we have a lot of students who do web comics mm -hmm. and are interested in web comics um, you know, I think whether you're doing your comics online or, 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 or any way you do it, it's like the, the fundamental principles of you know, clarity and drawing well or good design or... Storytelling. Uh, storytelling or, or even beyond that. I feel like one, one of the goals as a, as a teacher in working with students is just to get them intimate with their own creative process. Mm -hmm. We have these great visitors every, every week that come in. Charles Burns can say... You know, here's how I do it, and you could grab your brush and wow, that doesn't look how Charles Burns does it, you know. <laughs> and by having everyone from people who do web comics come in to Marvel comics to small uh, words of you know, Trudeau or whoever, um, you know, having all coming out from all these different places, the, I think eventually people realize like I have to figure out how it makes sense to me, mm -hmm. and and then ultimately that's how how somebody I think grows as a. As do an they artist. do they come in with similar expectations for? what they're going to come out with, you know, where they're going to put their comics, what they're going to do. I think that changes over time. I, I feel like the, what's hard with a... Hmm, how do I... Like would, would, like, one class, say, you know, the class of this year, yeah. you notice that they all kind of want to go the same way, but that could shift? No, no, they're, they're all going in different directions mm -hmm. uh, in terms of what, what they hope, you know, like some, some are just doing web comics, some diary comics, some more literary uh, comics. <laughs> but I, I think what happens is, is you kind of... <laughs> Have a sense of who you think you are, okay? Like, all right, stick with me this for a minute. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> sense of who you think you are, and then if all of a sudden your mom calls you and says, you know, your dad wasn't a Brooklyn Jew, he was a, a, a Palestinian Sultan, and all of a sudden, like these like, building blocks in your past get rearranged, and it's like, oh, who am I? And I think those building blocks work forward too. Like, you have a sense of who you think you want to be. Like, I want to draw for Marvel, or I want to do mm. a, a web comic this way. And that kind of fundamentally shapes your identity as much as what you how you conceive yourself as the past. And it's really hard to like change that goal sometimes. And what I witness over and over again is students who like, wow, I can't draw in this way, or this isn't me. And they go through these really hard periods where they have to kind of move some futuristic blocks yeah. of, of what they aspire to be. And that kind of fundamentally sh changes your identity as an artist. And this happens frequently. And, and they cry in my studio when they come visit. No, it is it is an intense thing for for a young artist to kind of figure out, you know, who who, who I am, and, and I think one of the, the things at the school we try to do is is you know have a, a show a lot of different people doing a lot of different 
things. Yeah. That's a neat metaphor because all the people I knew when I was young who have failed were unable to change what they thought they could turn into. Right, so they just feel they're a failure because they didn't live up to this. Oh, yeah, yeah you yeah, see a lot of that stubbornness. Yeah, and they yeah. just do the same thing over and over again. Mm -hmm. Start wearing like fur suits. Or, or yeah. I don't know, cowardice is maybe too harsh of a word. But it's well, yeah, people get set in certain ways and they're like, this is what I'm doing and, and you know. It's all yeah. I ever want. Yeah. It's all. <laughs> It's a rational fear of failure. Yeah, yeah and, I, and I hate people who are like, well, I, you know, I feel they should be doing something meaningful and artsy, or Ooh. somebody, yeah, or somebody, <laughs> or the opposite, like, you know. What is that? Like, not poop jokes. Right, right. Like, they, <laughs> poop I, mean, only, <laughs> I think the only opinion that matters is your own. Yes, and, and I guess this gets back to this thing of ha you know, having your audience be your editor. It's like the scariest thing in the world for me to hear because, um, you know, I don't, I mean, you have to be your own editor. You have oh, to, yeah. ultimately, people, I mean, there are people I show my work to and I, and I enjoy their feedback. Uh, but, but what if you suck? What? But what if you suck? Well, again, I feel like that's 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 okay too. I mean, if this is meaningful work that you're doing and you're not that good at it, but you derive a certain uh, pleasure and satisfaction, um, you know, I, I, I see like parents, my, my my parents' friends, like who spend, my God, over the years, thousands of dollars on golf lessons and belonging to country clubs, and are it's they ever going to play at the U.S. Open? Yeah, no. Someday, someday they're going to be able to sell T-shirts. <laughs> <laughs> based they, on their golf. They enjoy tennis or whatever it is, and they're willing to invest in it. And this is the whatever gives them a, a, a thing of peace. Now. But that's a hobby. I mean, those are hobbies. This is a lot of yeah. hobby comics these well, days. Yeah. Is, yeah. I don't and know. I, I guess do you have to earn. I mean, I, I guess what's what's your litmus test or, or, or bar that you have to achieve in order to feel legitimate? Is it a certain amount of, uh, of hits? Is it a, is it a, is it an income? Is it is like what? Well, it's you, different for everybody. I don't think that none of us, like us three anyway, intended for our comics to be our jobs. Really. Mm. Yeah. I mean, I was testing things out to see what I could put in books because I finally had a job and I could afford to print books. Was yeah. it a calling or a career, I guess, is the... Just a mistake. Or, I mean, mutually <laughs> <laughs> exclusive, but... No, no it's, it, Yeah, like, it, sure you want to be a cartoonist, you try to dissuade people sometimes. What else can you be? Um, well, I worked in... I mean, I had a, a job, like, as a contractor for the government for, like, seven years at the time I started making comics, and that seven years, every single day was exactly the same. Like, it's, like, lost time. It's really weird because... Um, but every day I've been a cartoonist has been new and challenging and yeah. you know there was that one time the FBI was after you that was the it wasn't the FBI it was it was FAA I'm sorry. investigators I like your comment about legitimacy or when does when do you become legitimate I guess as a as a professional I suppose um, because yeah for for online cartoons anybody can do it anybody that has a scanner can just make a website and that's why um, <laughs> that's why I guess there have been some some negative attention in past years uh, towards this, this form. But, uh, yeah, it, it is different for everybody. Some people think, well, well, my audience is this high, then that's good enough for me. Or, or you get mentioned in some, some publications or, or what maybe, have you. Maybe it's more like different expectations of legitimacy. Yeah. Like maybe if you have a million readers and you like some weird furry thing that is poorly inked. And you know you're legit, you're legitimate in your circle, but mm. to other professionals yeah. you might be like, oh yeah, yeah. boy. I, I sought after um, uh, legitimacy. I guess I, I that's part of the reason that I started submitting cartoons to the New Yorker because I wanted an editor to say this is good enough or this is not good enough because I don't have that online and I just I kind of needed that that um, 
verification, I guess. It's an, well, it's a neat thing. Like yeah. I, I was unedited for like six and a half years and then adapted a version for, for newspapers. Mm -hmm. And as constraining as that is, it was fun because I had a, I had a newspaper editor. Yeah. I mean, it was, it was, it almost ruined me, but at the same time, I got some really cool, like grad school out of it. Yeah. You know, and, and that, that's where an editor is amazing. And, and maybe there should be a freelance editor for webcom. But Kate, when, I mean, when you're in the New Yorker, will, mm -hmm. that, will that satisfy your need for no, legitimacy? Next year to be on no, Barack Obama's no, story. no. I didn't. <laughs> <laughs> Personal White House. Barack like, Obama. Caricature artist. Stephen Harper's face. Uh, <laughs> you really want to be on Stephen Harper's show. <laughs> 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 I, I think cartoonists, I mean, creative types are often a little insecure, of course. Uh, mm -hmm. What? And uh, I know crazy news. You are. Tweet that. Um, uh, wait, I, oh, I definitely am. And uh, <laughs> I'm, I'm just autistic to that kind of thing. <laughs> but I, I feel like throughout my career, like I'm, I'm constant. Uh, I, I, there's certain like creators whose work I just admire and respect. That I feel like their validation has meant a lot to me. That no. too, for sure. But then yeah. you set yourself up for pain if, if they just irrationally dislike you. Well, or when you're hanging out with them and they get drunk and hit on you. <laughs> I don't so know. Let me tell you. Me. Sorry about that. <laughs> <laughs> I, I expected it to happen. So. Uh, I, I, was, I, I just think your your notion of legitimacy is completely linked to your motive for what you're doing, why, why you are doing what you're yeah, doing. Yeah. Sure. Mm. If if you're doing it because you're picturing yourself being popular and rich, then Obviously, you're not going to think you're legit until you have a certain number of fans and you're making a MySpace friends. If you're doing it because you can't stop thinking about that funny joke you really wanted to tell, so you just wake up in the middle of the night and you tell the joke, then your legitimacy is going to come when five of your friends laugh at it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Right. Last night, my at cats the, uh, at the Right Awards, Seth gave a really poignant speech, just basically saying, "Do comics for yourself, yeah, not for other people." And I think that was like. I was. I really enjoyed that. I know. Kate, yeah, you, Kate, so you he did it really. If you think about it, though. Who's more legitimate than Garfield? <laughs> Do you want to be legitimate or not? Do you mean James Does Garfield? It, yeah, Bob Garfield. <laughs> <laughs> Come on, the media. Okay. No, but you know what I mean. Like, what's the, who cares? No, about no one wants to be Garfield. Yeah. yeah, who's more legitimate than Family Guy? Well, you know, mm, I feel like I do my comics for myself, but yeah. awful. You know, there there are mileposts in one's career where you're like, oh, I, I, I did a com cover of the New Yorker. And yeah, cool. exactly. You know, it's like I that that kind of also it's. The way then all of a sudden when I like that New Yorker cover wasn't my holy grail. I was never considered myself an illustrator, but man, when I was like fundraising for the school or I'd be introduced to a donor, they didn't want say James Stern, but the Golem's Mighty Swing or, or whatever it was. Yeah. It'd be like this is a New Yorker cover artist, and you know that just helped, and that you know you feel like you're all of a sudden moving in this other yeah. circle. And yes, uh, you know whatever does it make does it make it easier to do my next graphic novel? Absolutely not. Uh, but it does put some wind in your sails in some ways, and I wouldn't want to discount that kind of stuff. Either. Yeah, definitely. You always make comics for yourself. You, you do your work for yourself only. But when it becomes your job, you know, you want you want that that yeah. kind of you know buoyancy, I what guess, or like someone you, you want you want right. the validation <laughs> you guys get I mean, for whatever this huge this ethereal uh, online community is. Mm. Uh, but a lot of the validation I would imagine is when you guys come and talk and, and you meet people whose work you admire and you create this. Um, oh yeah, peers. I mean, that's so so much of peers. also okay. validation is to be able to you know like last night I had an hour long intense conversation with Jim Woodring, and it's like wow, like this to me is like as a you know not justifies making this book, but it's like, I can't wait to like, finish my next graphic novel so I can, you know, kind of walk in these circles um, and hold my head proudly, you it know? It does amaze you who you'll meet. 
Yeah, yeah. Well, one place common from somebody that you admire is, is just as good as any kind of professional job yeah. that you do that, you know. There's also the, I mean, the validation of, like, counting money. Rich or poor, it's nice to have money. Yeah. It's like, oh, I measure. I'm going to measure validation in swimming pools at some point. If somebody would give me all the money, I promise you an interesting decade. But I mean, our culture puts such I mean, it's all about money and who earns what, and every magazine's a top ten earner. So I feel like you know that almost goes without saying because it's it's almost. I kind of feel like a sellout sometimes. What is that? I feel like a sellout sometimes, just like. Having a store <laughs> online. No way. Man. What do you? That's ridiculous. People matter, call me it's a matter of finding a body. We're got about five minutes left, so I want to just give folks a chance to ask questions. You're here right at the beginning, so go ahead. Um, just to talk about uh, validation and legitimacy, um, and of course, words like Dilbert and Garfield have been brought up. Is there a fear that the closer you get to your own personal sense of legitimacy, there is a worry that complacency hits? I mean, you no. at certain words, is that not an issue at any time? Not if you spend all your I money. Have a, I have a point where, like, if I consider it success, I'm going to get really weird. Like, you know, once I'm comfortable, then I'm going to get weird with it. I think every artist who's, well, most of the ones that I know that are, that are very good, generally, you know, always see room for improvement, so... No one's ever at their best. Everyone's always trying to, to do better, and because you never reach that carrot, uh, there's hopefully, there's hopefully, well, that's called death. <laughs> um, there's there's never a point. I don't think that you plateau and go like, oh, I'm pretty good now. It's good. Just gonna say it along. <laughs> then Garfield jokes. That's it. It's funny you say that you're going to get weird because I think a lot of people uh, in their search for legitimacy, a lot of them say, when I'm a success and I can do anything I want. I'll be able to do all the really weird stories that I was doing when nobody was reading my stuff. Yeah. Oh, I've never seen much of that. Yeah. Well, not very weird. I'm wondering, are there um, some online comments that you guys like that you think maybe need a wider audience that you're really digging but mm. don't have a lot of eyes looking at them right now? Mm. Speaking of social media, I guess. Octopus Pie. Octopus Pie. Yeah. 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 Just that, go there. <laughs> No, I, I, I don't really read comics online. I found, like I really enjoy a book, and uh, mm-hmm. the, you know probably I'm missing out on a lot of great stuff. I'm sure, but I, I feel a little anxious and rushed when I'm in front of my screen because I'm on there for too much time. You need an iPad, man. Yeah. One of these years, I'm sure it'll happen. I think I think at this point the question should be reversed almost. And is there a print comic that is not getting enough readers that you should really check out? Mm-hmm. Has anybody, anybody heard right of the, the Batman? Now I'll be signing Market Day, my new graphic novel. <laughs> 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 you probably have more readers than Batman these days. I don't. Probably. Well, uh, yes, that's that's a funny thing. Is like, you know, Judge Parker is, you know, how many newspapers That's good, the world, though. And does it have as many readers as you do now, Kate? I don't know. It, it's people are people, <laughs> people are forced to read it though. It's just it comes with the yeah. paper, you know. Yeah, but the news the newspaper strips still have massive audiences. They just don't have well, PayPal accounts. Yeah. yeah, yeah. And well, the people that write to the editor if they get if they get canceled, there's yeah. like ten thousand people in their seventies whose you job know? it is to write letters <laughs> to the editor. <laughs> Speaking of legitimacy, I think the day I really arrived was when people were screaming at me for replacing Kathy. 
Like it was in one 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 paper, I replaced Kathy, and oh my god, they hated me. Man, <laughs> so I like you more. Do, do, does everybody? Have, I know you have a, a book out of collecting your work, but uh, yeah. do, do the other cartoonists have books out? So like, it, so th- yeah. there is a print component to oh know, yeah, the dinosaurs. You know, well, the like prints, the, the prints, just it's a different artifact. Like you can go through, yeah. like I go through mm-hmm. my strips, and I'll make a themed book, and I'll recut the entire thing for a book. You know, and take the best of three thousand strips. But you all, but you all do do print. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Okay, it's artifacts. It's artifacts. Yeah, Rich. One thing I appreciate on your site was the fact that you had like chunks of strips you could just download. Oh yeah, just put a PDF. Yeah. Why not? People should do that. It works. Well, my strips are like four K, so it's pretty easy yeah. to do. And it used to cost a lot. Like bandwidth used to be really expensive, but now it's well. That's why I designed a comic that's like four K. Yeah. yeah. In two thousand. But it isn't. I mean, <laughs> yeah. Uh, I went out to think one more question. No. 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 Well, well, can we, like, you want to ask what beers they have on top? <laughs> um, I like this one. They got Stella. I like Stella. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, thank you guys for coming and joining and chatting. Thank you. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, that's fun. Well.